Have you ever wondered what is really happening behind the curated feed of your favorite influencers and brands? The Social Sessions Podcast gets the real story. I'm Tara, the founder of TJ Creative Agency. And I'm Audrey, a creative director and social media manager. Between the two of us, we have 13 years of experience in the social media world. Welcome back to the Social Sessions Podcast, you guys. It's just me, Audrey, here with you today. Tara is with some clients. So it's just going to be the two of us here. But I'm really excited for this episode because I think it's actually going to be really valuable. I, a lot of times when I'm trying to come up with ideas for the podcast, have a hard time. Like, I will sometimes just be like, what else can I talk about? Like, we've talked about so many things. And then today, when I was trying to come up with the episode outline, I was like, why don't I just answer the questions that Tara and I have like really looked all over the place for, like questions that we had when we were starting out or when we were restructuring because 2022 was a big restructuring year for the two of us and for our company. So I just thought I might as well just answer all of those questions because I know they're probably popular questions since we looked into them and we looked high and low when we were restructuring, when we when we were starting, we were looking at other agencies, we were looking at other companies, we're looking like in other podcasts, whatever, to try and find this information. So I thought, let's just give you guys a one-stop shop, answer all of these questions that I know we had, that I know you guys probably have. So it's kind of like a little Q&A episode, but I'm really excited for this one. Before we jump in, I do have a tip slash update of the week for you this week. It is a tip, and that is to drop the filters on TikTok. And I know some of you guys are going to be mad about that, and I can already hear you groaning at me, but hear me out for a sec, because there's two types of filters, I would say, on TikTok. I know that one is really popular, and it's kind of known as the Alex Earl filter right now, because I know she uses it a lot. I think it's called Blue Eyes. And it's like natural face makeup, whatever. Those are not necessarily the filters that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the grainy, low contrast type of filters. The ones that were really popular on Instagram filters when they first started or on Instagram stories when they first started, like those kind of filters, because there are still some people that are using those filters on TikTok. Again, to each their own, whatever. If they make you feel better, that's fine. But I'm mostly talking about B-roll type of footage or like not selfie footage where these filters make any sense. Just like day-to-day footage because I don't know why people are using them, but I definitely have seen it. And it just doesn't relate to the TikTok audience. If you listen to our last episode where we kind of talked about the blueprints of TikTok for this year, it's very authentic. It's very unfiltered. It's very underproduced. So when you put these types of filters on your videos, it doesn't really send that message, right? It kind of, it just, I don't know. It, it almost feels like a barrier for people to relate to you. Those types of filters specifically. So if you want to do the face filters, that's fine because they still are kind of popular on TikTok, but I'm just talking about filtering basically your entire life, (laughs) filtering your entire life, filtering your videos, putting like presets on your videos, putting whatever. It just isn't the authentic vibe that TikTok is for. Before I get into these questions, you guys know what I'm going to say. You always know what I'm going to say. I would love it if you rate and reviewed the podcast. It would mean so much to me. 
Give us a little five stars. Tell us what you think of the podcast, what you think of the episodes. Only nice things, of course. But it would really help us out. And we love to see them. Honestly, they're very nice and we love to see them. But now without further ado, the question and answer episode you've all been waiting for. Let's get into it. So the first question that I hear people ask us a lot is how far out do we plan out our content? And I usually do about two weeks in advance for Instagram specifically. If I'm planning an Instagram grid, I will plan two weeks out. Instagram stories, sometimes those are, I go back and forth on. Sometimes I plan them two weeks out and sometimes I plan them a week out. It kind of just depends on how much time I have. However, TikToks are the ones that I only do a week out just because the nature of TikTok, it moves so quickly. Trending sounds, yes, we know that. Things that trend on TikTok are done trending in like six days, but also topics. One of the things, like especially with our TikTok, when I'm giving social media updates and things like that, if I film it two weeks prior and then it goes live, you know, two weeks later, those updates are old news now. Everybody knows them. Everybody has them. It doesn't matter. So TikTok is very important to be timely on there, which is why I only really batch one week out. I normally do somewhere in between six to eight videos in one sitting. So that way I have enough to get me, let's say I do it on a Monday. I have enough to get me through that following Monday with like one to two extra videos in case I want to post two a day. That's typically my content planning. Question number two, what does the communication look like with our clients? And this is different for each client and each content creator, but minimum, I would say three to four times a month, we're in contact with our client. We try and do a meeting with each client once a month, and this is usually towards the end of the month or at the very beginning of the month because we usually go over analytics. In our analytics document, there's actually a little segment that says what's working, and then it has a section under that that says what's next, like next steps. So that's usually the part that we go over with our clients of being like, this is what we're working towards. These are the changes that we're going to make. And this is what we're going to bring into the next month. And that is really helpful, especially if they are in charge of getting their own content. And I've said it before, we don't get all of our clients content. Some of them are out of state. And so they send us stuff. But those meetings are really helpful for them in knowing what kind of content we need. So we normally do that. And then we share our content calendars. Again, once it's done, we'll reach out to them, usually email or WhatsApp. And we'll say, hey, this is done. If you can edit it, we give them usually like a week to edit the content, half a week sometimes to edit the content, and then it'll start going live. So that's normally what the contact looks like. If we are in charge of getting their content, we obviously are going to talk to them a little bit more. Tara is usually that person. She does a lot of the photography and stuff for the companies. So she is obviously in charge of contacting them to set up photo shoots and set up dates like content days so she can come in and take videos and whatnot in the offices. So that is a little added contact if we are in charge of of their photos and videos and whatnot. But for the most part, it's three to four times a week, three to four times a month with that monthly meeting and then the content calendars being sent over for approval. Question number three is what platforms and software do we use? So I kind of broke this down. I've got 
content creation and then scheduling and planning and then et cetera. So for content creation, we use CapCut and Final Cut Pro the most for videos. Honestly, I use CapCut more than Final Cut Pro. I used to love Final Cut Pro when I first started editing videos. But if you guys edit on there, you know that it's just like a little bit tedious just in the sense of like it's keyframe after keyframe after keyframe to get what you want and you can do it in one button on CapCut. So that's kind of why I like CapCut, especially because most of these videos that we're editing are under two minutes, under 30 seconds sometimes. They're so small that I'm like, I don't want to airdrop myself the photos or email myself the photos or Dropbox myself the photos, put it into my computer edit it on there and then send it back like that just feels annoying to me however if it is a longer form video like when I edit any sort of videos for this podcast because they're usually 25 to 30 minutes long I'll edit them on Final Cut Pro I will usually still put them into CapCut though for the auto caption generation which is such an amazing feature it's TikTok has it now too like they look really similar now but before TikTok had it it was a great feature For photo editing, we love to use Lightroom for general photo editing. I also wanted to bring up Tezza, the app, because there are some great features on there. I don't use it for every photo, but I do use it for like specialized kind of things. So they have a really cool stop motion feature for your video, which is cool if I just want to make something pop out or stand out or look a little bit different, I will use that. I'm using one this week on the TJ account if you guys want to. I don't know if it'll be up yet, but be on the lookout. I'll It'll be on our TJ Creatives Instagram if you want to see the effect I'm talking about. They also have, I like their disposable filters. Like they have different cameras that you can choose. That's a little more influencery than it is brand friendly, but it's still a cool feature if you want to make things look different or if you have like a retro brand or something like that. They just have some cool features. I will say that one is $5 a month, I'm pretty sure. So that is a paid app, but I really love it. I just, I only have it because I haven't seen any other apps that have these features or do them as well, at least. We do use Photoshop sometimes for graphics. What's that red box game? Something about, we're not really strangers. (laughs) That account, that's kind of the Photoshop that we do where it's like billboards and street art and whatever. That's usually what I use Photoshop for or any beauty brands. So I used to work with a lash company and I would edit, you know, skin on there. I would smooth out the skin because these photos were incredibly zoomed in. So I'd edit the skin and smooth it out and get rid of blemishes and things like that. I do still think Photoshop is probably one of the best options for editing skin probably better. I, you know what? Not probably. I think it is better than Facetune. I tried Facetune and I don't like the way that it looks. So I always went back to Photoshop. For majority of our graphics though, we are using Canva. Canva is a social media manager's best friend. So now jumping into the other categories for scheduling, we use later. We used to use Unum. It's pretty good, but in terms of like scaling the business later just seemed like the best option. For planning, we use Notion. And we just got a Miro account, which I'm excited about. It's great for like a brain dump if you're coming up with a new idea. It's less social media manager-y, but if you're a business and you guys are working on a new, like you're going to launch something new, it's a great idea because it's just like a brainstorm pad where you can put these sticky notes on there. 
and just get all your thoughts out. So that's cool. We just started using that. And then as far as like everything else, we use Google Calendar to obviously schedule things and share our calendars. We use Google Meet for our meetings every week. And we do use Calendly, which I also love. I think it's a great, great tool. Tara uses it sometimes to schedule content days with calendar with clients. And we'll use it to set up discovery calls with leads, things like that. It just makes it a little bit easier rather than going back and forth on email and saying, when are you free? What day works best for you? What time works best for you? You just send them the link. They get access to your calendar, essentially see when you're available. And it just makes the whole process a lot smoother. So definitely would recommend that. Question number four, what does our team look like? This one I really, really wanted to include because this is part of the restructuring I was talking about earlier in this episode where 2022, we did a lot of restructuring within our team and I'll let you in on some of our previous mistakes. So when we were starting, we were essentially growing so fast that Tara just hired who she could, right? She was like, I just need help. I'm growing too fast. I can't do this all on my own. So I just need help. And that was fine for the time it got us to where we are. But we were just hiring like social media managers slash content creators, right? We No one was really like good at one specific thing. And they were working on all platforms. So now we've switched and we kind of look for content creators who are really good at a specific trait. So either like a graphic designer or really good at video editing or something like that, where they can do all of the other stuff, but they definitely have one area that they really excel at. And then we split instead of having one big team where before we would have one content creator on one client, right? Or multiple clients, but per client, they would do, you know, all of the platforms. So they would do like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, if we had to, YouTube Shorts, Pinterest, whatever. That's a lot for one person to be really good at. Like it's a lot to expect one content creator to be really good at every platform. So we've split it up and now we have a TikTok team and an Instagram team. So for example, I'm pretty well versed in TikTok, which is why you see my face all over our TikTok account because I'm the one that handles a lot of the TikTok. Same with for our clients. I handle a lot more TikToks than some other people, but I don't have as many Instagram accounts. Tara, however, is really great at YouTube Shorts. She's put in the time to learn a lot more. So she knows a lot more than me on YouTube Shorts. So she takes the reins on that most of the time. Then we have another team member who's strictly Instagram because obviously Instagram and TikTok are just so different in the content that is expected on each platform. If you want more information on that, make sure to read this week's newsletter because I kind of dive into what I mean by that. And also, subtle plug, but if you're not signed up for the newsletter, you should definitely sign up. It's in the link in our bio on Instagram and on TikTok, or you can just go to our website, tj-creative.com. But you get a lot of information. We just send out one weekly newsletter, but you just get kind of an additional amount of information and tips than you would from us anywhere else. Lastly, we hired an operations manager. And you guys, I cannot stress how much this has helped us because Tara and I are both not like huge planning or organized people in terms of certain areas. I'm organized with what I handle. But the other issue that we kept running into is that we had too many clients and we had too much going on that the things that we wanted to get done kept being pushed to the back burner, right? We were like, we want to set up a notion. We need like a better format for lead organization and like 
scheduling things. So we hired an organi- or an operations manager and she has been so helpful. She follows up on all of the leads. She really takes care of the email inbox. She organized Notion. She like sits on all of our discovery calls and take notes, takes notes. So she's been super, super helpful for us in just organizing the entire business. So that's kind of what we've got as far as team right now. But again, the biggest thing that we changed over the last year is having a TikTok team and an Instagram team. Question number five, how do you get started as a social media manager? This is actually a question that I get quite frequently. And the first thing I would say is spend a lot of time getting really familiar with the platforms. Do your research. I think LinkedIn Learning is a really great platform. I used to use it in college. They have like video editing type of courses. They have graphic design type of courses. I just saw a girl the other day that does graphics and visuals for like concerts. And she was talking about how she learned an entire software on there. So, and she's a professional creative person, right? She's really good at what she does, but she was saying that she used LinkedIn learning too. So that's a really great, great platform in terms of like the creative side of things. Podcasts are a great resource, especially for the marketing side of things. Obviously you guys know that because you're listening to this podcast, but podcasts are a great resource. And again, not to plug the newsletter again, but Every week we send out two podcasts that we're listening to if you need insight on what podcasts to listen to. But that's a great resource for more of the statistical side of social media marketing. Lastly, I honestly think there's so much good information on TikTok. I share a lot of information on TikTok. I also, first ones that come to mind, Managed by Sky shares really great information on TikTok, who we actually had on the podcast. If you want to go back and listen to that episode, I think Styla Socials does a really good job on TikTok. I think JT Barnett does a really good job on TikTok. There's a lot of creators that give really valuable information over there. So definitely do your research. And those are all, I believe, free resources. So look into all of those, do your research. But the second part that is equally important, this is a two-part answer. Second part is take action because it doesn't really matter if you do your research if you don't actually do anything with it. So do your research, figure out how to work the platforms, get really good at them, and then actually do that. (laughs) And honestly, you can start on your own page. I know for a lot of people, they're like, well, I don't have a company page to work with. Try it with your own page. Just see what works, see what doesn't use it as a tester, see if maybe your friend has a business or you know somebody with a business that you can try it out. Just definitely try it is all I'm saying is that once you do this research, once you learn a little little bit more about this industry, put that education into action. And also because when you do start applying for jobs or you do start trying to get your own clients or however it is that you want to come into this industry, you're going to probably need some sort of portfolio or proof that you can actually create content proof that you actually know what you're doing. So it doesn't, again, I think a lot of people think, oh my God, I don't have like a business. I technically haven't run a business account before. Okay. Make stuff up. Like my portfolio when I was in college was like school projects right? Like I remember doing graphic design projects in school. So obviously I didn't really work for Gymshark, but I made Gymshark ads as one of my school projects. So that went into my portfolio. So things like that, just make content, prove that you can make content, edit videos. You can literally do it for a brand. It doesn't even have to go up. 
you can just pull from a brand's videos that they've already posted, cut it up into something else, whatever it is. But you will definitely need some sort of proof and some sort of portfolio. I also will say we do have something really exciting launching in this kind of education, how to be a social media manager realm this year. So definitely be sure to follow us um, and look out for that announcement because I'm actually so excited for this. Last question, what do you need to know about being a social media manager? And this one, if there's one thing I want you to remember from this podcast, I want you to take away the answer to this question. And that is the number one thing that I think you need to know going into being a social media manager is that the things that you think are common sense are actually not common sense. So what I mean by that is we have a lot of clients on the discovery call. I shouldn't even call them clients. Sometimes, yes. But on the discovery call, just people who are looking for a social media manager, an unbelievable amount of people will still come to us and say, I want to get X amount of followers or my biggest goal is to grow my following. Okay, so that's actually not the number one thing that you should be doing, especially as a business, because we handle a lot of business accounts, right? That's not the number one thing you should be striving for, but that's what I mean. You as a social media manager know follower count does not hold the power that it used to because people can follow you and never buy from you. People can follow you and never see your content. People can follow you and never engage with your content. So that's not the end-all be-all, right? A lot of us know that engagement rate is really important. We also know that sometimes reach can be really important because people can see your content not follow you and still buy your product. Website clicks are pretty important. Things like that. But that's what I mean by things that are common sense to you are not common sense to your clients. So because of that, you need to be so unbelievably clear at setting your expectations at the beginning of the onboarding process. It is so crucial. Your clients need to know what exactly it is that you are doing for them. And when I say what exactly it is, I mean exactly. What are you doing for them? Lay it out for them in the simplest of terms. Are you answering their DMs? Are you in charge of their photo shoots? What's the approval process going to look like? Are you going to be responding to the comments? How much time is it going to take for you to respond to your comments? Things like that because they will, at the end of the day, think they know how to work social media more than you do. They will think that they know how to do it better than you do. It happens time and time again. That's the root of most of our issues within this industry is that people love to think that just because they have a TikTok account, they know how to do your job better than you. So that's also why it's so important to be so specific in what you're doing. And sometimes if you change something up, you will probably need to tell them why because they probably don't know why you did whatever it is you did. They probably don't know why you edited a certain way or why you put those keywords at the bottom of your caption, things like that. The whole process needs to be unbelievably clear. You need to be so clear that it's almost painful. So that's what you need to know about being a social media manager is that not everybody knows what you know, but they think they do. So those are some of the biggest questions that I get. I hope those helped you guys out and answered some of your questions. If you guys want another episode like this, let me know. I would love to do another episode like this. And if you want your questions answered, you can always DM us or leave them in the comments of Social Sessions Podcast Instagram. And we'll be sure to to answer your specific questions next time. And until then, I will talk to you next week. Bye.